0: Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect, a podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello, one hope and other listeners. I'm Sierra Herzberger. I'm not a pastor and I have no academic Bible training or moral high ground from which to try to instruct or advise anyone on the deeper things of life. And in reference to the title of the series, the mind of Pat is not something I pretend to have the power to interpret, but I can give you some of my initial thoughts on the passage. One of the things that really sticks in my mind about this passage is the part about God visiting the sins of the Father on multiple generations of folks. Or of the visiting the, uh, of the guilty, I don't know if it says the Father, on multiple generations of folks. So that does not, something to me that just doesn't seem right. Um, I'm an American, so obviously I'm inundated in the cultural... Uh, Tide of we're all self-made men or women and we should all be judged by our own actions. And that probably contributes to me having that kind of knee-jerk reaction uh, to the text. However, I have to admit that this is not the first time that the quote-unquote problematic parts of of the scripture have stuck out to me. And I don't think that that um, state of mind is necessarily um, healthy When instead, maybe I should be more focused on just seeing God's character revealed in scripture and hearing what he has to say to me instead of fixating on the part that um, I want to object to at that particular moment. Uh, Peter, in his recent sermon series on Romans, has said that all of us sinners naturally deny the truth about God, and maybe that is just a part of that impulse. That being said, for some of us, exploring the more challenging things can be an important part of having an intellectually honest faith, and Uh, really being sure about what they believe. And I do not discourage anyone from doing that, especially when, as we reach out to others trying to disciple other believers or talking to folks who may be unbelievers, and as the Bible teaches us, like, fundamentally opposed to God, we should also be prepared to answer um, some of their objections as well. So what about this part about God visiting the sins of um, the guilty on multiple generations? Well, I think that, like, we can look at the fact that, unfortunately, we are all um, guilty of sin. And the Bible says, I think also in Romans, that the wages of sin is death. So effectively, and um, and it also says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So really, um, our standing in God's eyes may not be changing all that much, realistically, based on what our parents or grandparents did, you know, based on what God thinks of what our grandparents did. Because, you know, no matter what, it's like, we're, we're all sinners anyway, So how much does it really matter? I don't know if that's really clear. Many Christians around the world also believe that the original sin of Adam and Eve, like, doomed us all to inherit a sinful nature anyway. Although I think that at least some of the Orthodox churches might have a different take on this, from which... But from that, our perspective... But from that kind of original sin doctrine, doctrine, sometimes from our perspective, maybe it doesn't seem fair. Some might object that it would seem to, like, kind of cast out on the idea of free will and make it philosophically difficult to establish that, like, re- people are really guilty of their own sins. However, um, you know, that tension between determinism and free will is a larger question that kind of runs through the whole Bible, and I'm not going to pretend to be able to weigh in on it meaningfully in, like, a five-minute podcast, or at all, because... That's for people smarter than me. Also, I think that, at least sometimes in the Bible, God kind of lets people deal with the consequences of their own actions. And this results in effects that last for multiple generations. For example, when the people of Israel ask for a human king instead of just letting God rule them, God gives them what they want, and they have to deal with a corrupt human king for multiple generations. Or when Isaac, and I think Rebecca is Isaac's wife. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Have a family dynamic with a lot of child favoritism, and Rebecca deceives Isaac at one point. That the family... (sighs) And that family pattern of child favoritism and jealousy with some other causes mixed in ultimately goes on, and his grandson Joseph's brothers ultimately end up selling him into slavery. Um, It kind of allows those toxic intergenerational things to kind of continue. I think we can all point to either misfortunes that have come upon us because of sins uh, that our parents have done, or sins that are a little bit difficult for us to deal with because of things that our parents did. and maybe. That is part of what God means here by visiting the sins on multiple generations of people. And it's kind of like what Peter was talking about in his recent sermon also, that God gave people up to their debased mind and their wicked impulses. He kind of let them have what they want. And sometimes maybe that having what you want kind of is the punishment uh, for, for those actions. Um, this also, um, I think when I was reading this, it also, this also kind of, I think, can be related to uh, in Genesis where Abraham is concerned about any righteous persons who might be in Sodom and or maybe Gomorrah, at least Sodom, being destroyed, which is a parallel to this situation because it's discussing the idea of people being judged for things that they themselves didn't do. Um, they They themselves didn't do. He says... Um, far be it from you to do such a thing, to put, I'm sorry, my cat is really demanding a lot of my attention right now. So he says, far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked far be that from you shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just. And I think that even the fact that Abraham was able to have that kind of gut reaction, at that time sort of blows my mind, because Abraham doesn't have, like, the whole history of scripture to look back on like we do. Like, not even the Ten Commandments were written at that time, but still, his interactions with God give him faith in God's character that he can say something like, far be it from you to do this. Assuming that he's, of course, not just appealing to flattery with God to soften the blow of objecting to something that Um, this is something that God said or something like that. I mean, people have said dumber things to God probably, but assuming that it's genuine, like that's a huge, I think, act of faith that he can do that. And I kind of hope that my faith can grow to be more like that because I have so much more to go on than he did at that point. Like so much more of like God's mercy and God's nature to look on in scripture, as well as like my own spiritual life to go back and look at like oh, you know, God really has been good to me. Like, why is my gut reaction just to kind of want to argue and push back sometimes? In a similar vein, the way that Moses responds to God in verse 9, shortly after the focal passage, I think is really telling about how we should respond to this passage as well. Because um, in verse In the ninth verse, he says, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go. This is the ninth verse of that 34th chapter. So it's pretty soon right after that passage that we just read. And he said, If I now have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us. For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. Although the NIV says, go with us, instead of go in our midst. That, or... Or go in the midst of us, go in the, what I what I said before, not the paraphrase is what it was instead of, um, I mean, you, you get it. It's close. To, you know, you'll figure it out. I believe in you. Um, that is the kind of faith that I really want to have to be able to have that default state of mind that God is good, despite questions that, um, I might have and to want to draw closer to God, even though, you know, I'm a sinner who's descended from sinners and God is a just God. And. Ultimately, I think that if you're like me and you also, like, have, um, I mean, ultimately, if you're like me and you, you have these kind of impulses, too, I hope that, you know, we can kind of grow together to, like, kind of try to make that habit of adopting that mindset to kind of think of how the people at the time responded to those things. And ultimately, like, God does answer his prayer to Moses by sending Jesus to go amongst his people and to not only, you know, justify those who will call on his name, not just Jews, but Gentiles also, but with, with his atoning sacrifice, but also to show us more about who God is and his justice and his mercy. And he has helped people then and now to understand, like, more about God and to want to be like God. And so I think I am just going to take a moment to pray to thank God for that. Um, So just, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us, to die for our sins, because we are sinners, and no matter what, we just can't stand on our own two feet. Um, We're really, we're really messed up people who are not going to do the right thing on our own, and just like our parents, like, couldn't do the right thing on our own, and we just, and I just pray that you'll help us to trust you, to be able to trust in the sacrifice that you made, to trust that when, if, when we call on the name of the Lord, like we are forgiven um, when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. And we also ask you for help to look at Jesus and to want to be um, more like him and to repent of our sins. We also ask that you would help us to have faith in your goodness um, in our heart and in our minds or for either one of those things that we tend to struggle with, that we would just have faith in who you are and in your goodness and that we don't have the whole picture at any one time. And I pray that um, you would just help us to have that heart posture of faith like Abraham had and that um, to know that you're good and that heart posture of faith like Moses had to like want to be closer to you and that you would just have even more mercy by just like drawing near to us and helping us through those situations. So, dear God, thank you um, for giving us this opportunity to just to read your word. Um, And I pray that all of us have a good day and a good week. Amen.